thinking about long-term care is not much different than what went into thinking about your retirement 20 years prior. You know, when you're 30 years old, it's hard for some people to really think about all the problems that they might run into if they don't save up enough for retirement because that thing is so far away. You're dealing with so many other issues right now that are maybe more pressing. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back in to All Things Retirement. I'm Ben George. He's Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. And today we're, we're diving into a critical retirement planning mistakes. We're going to outline five mistakes that people commonly make, and we're going to help you uh, avoid these. You know, depending on where you're on retirement, all these things can be very damaging to your, your financial plan and your retirement plan. So we want to make sure that you don't make these same mistakes that a lot of people do. But we got to get started with a little uh, getting to know you question, Anthony. I want to. This came up and and got me thinking a little bit about it. And you may not have an answer to it, but I'm going to throw it out to you anyway. You know, you've seen probably in past centuries, like people would get buried with something, right? That they wanted to have in the afterlife, and people still do that. People will, you know, there's a keepsake or or whatever else they might get buried with that. If we still did a lot of these these same things today, what item would you or what items would you take with you? Well, good to talk to you, Ben. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess you would say I want to have my family with me in the afterlife, but that'd be kind of weird to bury yourself with your family. So we're going to throw that one out to the side. I think that uh, if I'm taking the next journey, I want to bring the the golf clubs with me and maybe a hockey stick so I can have some fun activities to do while I'm up there. And if I have access to it, some Shake Shack cheeseburgers would be great as well. So those would be three things if I could fit into uh, with me to the afterlife that come to mind for me. That sounds awesome. What would you, if they said, okay, you can only take one club, which which club are you taking? Well, the driver is the most fun. Yeah, the driver is the most fun. But if I only have one club to play out there, I guess it would be like a six or seven iron or something like that to have something in the middle. Yeah, something you could do everything with if you had to. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the driver is the most fun. So (laughs) Exactly. Swing away. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Well, are you getting back on the golf course at all? Are you guys uh, able to do that yet? Uh, I you can for nine holes and in twosomes. So hmm. I really haven't made it uh, much of an effort to get back out there yet. So I, I still have a lot of home projects that I'm working on each weekend, which just seems to be taking up most of my time. Yeah, there's always it's always one thing after another. I'm in the same boat. There's always something to do, and you forget like you know you don't you don't do this stuff all the time. Like stuff piles up pretty quickly. It doesn't take long to have a pretty long list to, to work on. Especially when you're locked in a house staring at this wall, you're like, why didn't I ever paint this? And yeah, then you're like, hey, sweetie, I got a great idea for you. Why don't you go to Home Depot and pick up some paint? <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's what I'm doing Saturday. Yeah, then you got to fight the lines at Home Depot right now. So that's, that's true. There's uh, three three zigzag lines uh, this past weekend for me. So it's uh, everybody's got the same uh, mindset. Yep. Those, those businesses are doing well right now for sure. <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to talk about some critical uh, retirement planning mistakes, and we're also going to get to the mailbag as well. So we appreciate everybody that sends in questions. Remember, there's a couple ways you can get in touch with Anthony uh, after the show's over. CardinalWG.com is the website. A lot of great resources there as well. There's a contact button so you can get uh, all the information you need to get in touch with Anthony with any questions you have, set up a meeting, whatever it is you want to do. Plus, you can access all of our past podcasts there on the website as well. Or you can call the office at 609-605-2808. So look, it's very simple today. I mean, you usually have to kind of set up what our conversation is and why we're talking about it, but everybody wants to avoid 
making a mistake that's going to really hurt their retirement. So there's some common ones that you see a lot with people that you work with and prospects that come in at Cardinal Wealth Group that we want to talk about today. So I got five that I want to run by you and I want you to, to help me make sense of why they're mistakes and what we can do to avoid these. So let's kick it off with uh, with one that I think a lot of people are probably thinking about right now as the market's going up and down. And you know we've kind of been in the middle of this financial crisis, although things have turned up here recently. But a lot of people consider bonds to be that safe investment. Is that always true? Well, comparatively to the, the stock market, I, I'd feel that it's safer. I, I think every investment has some type of risk that you're going to be taking on. And it's just a matter of what type of risk do you want to take on? And I think in retirement, having a series of different types of investments doing different things, which you'd be taking on different types of risk while doing it, it's going to be a good rule of thumb or prescribed manner for people. But you know, as you, as I think you're kind of alluding to, there's certainly risk inherent with bonds that people uh, should be aware of and and will take on when they invest in them. So they're they're not there's definitely things that can go wrong there. Okay. Well, the second one, um, and I get why people do it, and it's not really protecting yourself from long term care. And and really, it's it's a couple things. It's you know probably it's really expensive. Number one, to really plan out your long term care. Uh, there's so many options that are available, and I think a lot of times people just assume for whatever reason it's going to be a while. Let me just let me put it off. I'll get to it eventually. I, I feel healthy right now. Everything's good. I've still got a long long life ahead of me. I'm not going to worry about it. But this can end up being a pretty critical mistake, right? Definitely, and I, I think that. It depends on your experience there, right? If you've been somebody who's dealt with this with your own family members, you might have a different type of frame of mind when it comes to thinking about long-term care. For other people who have no frame of reference when it comes to long-term care planning, they a lot of times have a maybe a little bit different type of thought process when it comes down to it. It's just coming down to the dollars and cents of, of it all. I think, you know, for example, I had a recent client um, said to me that the thought of being at one of those homes, talking about like an assisted living home, makes me you know not want to do anything. And I said, well, why don't you just think of it as a stay-at-home policy because it's a policy that can help you stay at home and not have to go to one of those homes. So I think the way that you're framing the discussion matters to help to lead people to make the right decisions for themselves and just really going over the options that. You know, you really have when it comes to thinking about one of these expenses that could really derail your retirement. And the problem with thinking about long term care is not much different than what went into thinking about your retirement 20 years prior. You know, when you're 30 years old, it's hard for some people to really think about all the problems that they might run into if they don't save up enough for retirement because that thing is so far away. You're dealing with so many other issues right now that are maybe more pressing. I think the same thing happens when people are getting into that retirement mindset, knowing it's going to be here very soon, thinking about something like long-term care, which for most people, it's going to be off into the future by 20, 25 years. It's hard for them to really grapple with at this time when they're maybe thinking about how do I figure out my social security timing strategy and you know, my current financial situation as it relates to leaving the workforce for the last 30 years. So I think, I mean, I definitely empathize and understand where people are coming from because no one wants another bill per se. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you think a four or $5,000 bill is bad now, you know, imagine what 
a fifty to two hundred thousand dollar yearly bill will be like in the future. So yeah. I think it makes sense to spend some time there just to make sure. Well, what's the plan if it does happen, and how are you going to deal with it? And go over you know the four, five, six different things that you can consider doing now or in the future. Yeah, it's just one of those realities of life. You don't want to deal with it. We want to put it off, but I mean, look, everybody's got to deal with this at some point more than likely, so be prepared. And I think that's a lot of that's what a lot of financial planning is all about is preparing yourself for, you know, these expenses that could pop up in your life, but also protecting yourself from, you know, risk and big losses. And I think, you know, one mistake that people make, and this is number 3 on our list is is not guarding against market decline. And I'm sure this is something Probably if you hadn't talked, I know you talk about it a lot with clients, but I'm sure even here recently, it's been more of a discussion in terms of either here's what we did to protect you, or here's what we can also do moving forward when this is going to happen again. Yeah. I I mean, when it comes to retirement planning, it's about minimizing losses as best you can. Losses hurt more than gains help in retirement planning. So I think that goes back to your bond question. Are bonds safe? Well, they're certainly safer if you were to take a look at the most recent market drop with uh, you know over the last uh, th- three or four months in from February till now I think the s is down about 10 15 percent the Russell 2000 25 percent and oil markets down about 40 percent when you look at bonds being up you know three to five percent right now it's not a bad place to be and I think when you as I kind of said in the earlier segment, have these different types of asset classes that do different things. Some are going to be up when other things are going to be down. You're giving yourself options to pool money from accounts that are up while allowing those other accounts to recover. Last year, the S&P 500 was up probably 20%, right? This year, who knows where it'll end up being, but it's down right now. We We know it can average 9%. We just need to think about pulling money out of those accounts when they're actually up and and allowing them to recover. So planning for retirement is really all about planning for these down markets in addition to the long-term care planning and tax planning. But on the investment side, it's more than just your average rate of return. It's about having different buckets of money to go to when one of the markets is not doing well so that you have a safe money to access at that time, if that makes some sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's super important right now. And, and a lot of people are realizing that uh, as they see if they're checking their account statements day to day or week to week, month to month, whatever it is, they probably are noticing that maybe they're taking on too much risk. Maybe they, you know, maybe they got a perfect plan. It's, it's, it's great. But either way, like you said, it's about protecting yourself from, uh, from those losses many times. The next one on our list uh, is, is assuming that one particular financial tool is always going to be good or bad. And I think this goes both ways. And this is really kind of speaks to the overall just our culture these days you know there's there's no it's always black and white there's no middle ground in a lot of approaches and that's the same with with investing a lot of times either somebody's going to completely write something off because they think there's no way that's going to work or they just get too attached to an investment and just think it's perfect for them yeah i think you kind of hinted at i think it's a a product of marketing that goes on out there and just personal bias that take place over time from our own experiences or somebody close like our parents or family members experiences with a certain type of product that just gets generalized in that person's psyche over time. And I think the two that really stick out the most there are probably stocks and annuities or insurance, life insurance types of uh, products where people have these generalized thoughts a lot of times that could be way off basis or, or maybe have some partial truth to it. And I think that 
having a customized approach. I mean, I think what we do as financial advisors is to help educate people along the way as an educator or maybe a tour guide in the financial picture world so that people can get some clarity and some objectiveness on these types of products that they might have some feelings or thoughts about and to help them understand what the trade-offs are for them so that they can actually make a decision for themselves to help take control of their future. I think a lot of times people feel like they're being sold something and are always questioning, well, is this in my best interest? And I think if an advisor takes you through a path to help you understand the pros, there's a lot of ways to do retirement planning. There's not one set way. And so if somebody wants to gravitate more towards having all stocks, then you could probably make that happen for them, just going over the pros and cons there. And if it's a fit and that's the way that they want their money to work for them, well, then you've helped them along the way. Well, I think, you know, you kind of hit on it. Everybody, you know, having some type of plan is great. And planning is going to be different for everybody. But I think the big mistake that people will make and commonly make is not having any plan at all, right? Not even having a starting point. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have that plan to kind of go to for when you're asking these more generalized questions, you, you don't really have anything to test it from a side-by-side comparison. That That's really going to be the only way to help, I think, somebody to really make a decision that they can see in black and white, well, what's the difference? And, you know, I think the plan thing is for some, it's like, going to the gym for others. It's just like, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then life gets in the way and life is always going to get in the way. And then you maybe for some, you've had the bull market for the last 10, 12 years, really masking the need to even get a plan. And then something like this coronavirus pops up and the markets go haywire. And now you are feeling all that internal pressure of the things that you should have probably done five, six, seven years ago. And, you know, sometimes people feel like planning can be an overwhelming process and it doesn't really need to be, right? I mean, you, you do got to get some information together, but once you get this thing up and running where you have some information that you can go back to, it's, it's kind of like just getting your oil changed with your car, right? It, it's a 30 minute thing to get your, your oil changed today, but it, it keeps it up. It keeps it, your car running well. But occasionally you do need a tune up with your car. And that's the same thing with your financial plan. Things like this are hiccups and you want to be able to have something to go back to and test it. But not having a plan at all, is kind of like flying blind. And you could really be missing out on some real good opportunities to make some money that you would have otherwise not been able to had you had that plan. So I think that the only way to really answer these questions that you've been posing is to, to start with some plan so you have something to, to work off of to test it against. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, hopefully everybody kind of is seeing if they didn't have a plan, why it's so important to have one uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, you know, nobody wants to see anybody have a, a downfall in their with their finances, but right, you, sometimes you need kind of that eye opener, and it's been that for a lot of people. But even if you have a plan, you might need it to be adjusted, and reposition, rebalance, whatever it is. Right now, it's a great time to be doing that, and Anthony's there to help you out, and he's helping clients do that right now. So if you haven't had a chance to just kind of reassess where you are with everything to check and see if you're making any of these retirement planning mistakes. Now's a great time to do so. And you can get in touch with him online at cardinalwg.com. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. 
Well, let's dive into the mailbag for a couple questions before we close out this episode of All Things Retirement. I got a couple we're going to get to today. And again, you can always get in touch with Anthony through the website or over the phone at 609-605-2808. And today we're going to start things off with Beverly, who writes in, I counted up the mutual funds in my IRA, and it appears that I have 33 different funds. Is this adequate diversification? Well, it really depends on what those 33 different mutual funds are made up of. I have people that come into my office all the time that have maybe 15 or 20 different mutual funds. But when you kind of boil it down and you look at what those mutual funds are invested in, they're all kind of, say, United States large cap funds. And so having 30 or 25 funds of US large cap, while it's important to have a good number of holding, but if they're all doing the same thing, meaning going up and down in the same manner, they're not really totally diversified. So you're going to want to really look at what the mix of asset types are, that being like stocks and bonds and international commodities, things like that, to really determine how well you're diversified amongst those 33 different funds that you have. And so that if you have 33 funds and they're all you know, in the US stock market, well, you might really then just have one main type of asset class there and they're not that diversified. How, how many mutual funds are there? I mean, do we do you have, do you have an, a, a kind of a ballpark count? Is it hundreds? Is it thousands? Is it tens of thousands? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's into the tens of thousands. Jeez. There's more. There's more mutual funds than there are actual stocks out there. So, oh wow, there's. I had no uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't. I don't know the the total number, but I know that's more than ten thousand mutual funds out there. Because when I hear that question, I think, is there even a combination of thirty three mutual funds that would be completely diversified? Like. I feel like there's so much overlap, but I guess if there's tens of thousands, maybe you could come up with a, a plan that has 33 mutual funds that keep you very diversified. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. You do have a lo- lot of overlap that happens today, and it's really hard to you know have funds that don't have some type of correlation of that, some similarities, if you will, mm-hmm. together to some extent. Gotcha. Well, thanks for that question, Beverly. Definitely need to sit down and, and go through all of your your funds with somebody uh, like Anthony, a professional, to, to actually see how diversified you are and whether or not you need to consolidate some of that as well. Uh, our final question comes in from Trevor. He writes, can you clarify whether I can start my social security benefit and still earn an income or not? I've heard different things and I'm confused about my options. Yeah, you can certainly earn an income while you're collecting your social security. However, you just want to be mindful of how much that you're earning and at what age you're at. So for example, if you're taking social security prior to your full retirement age, which for many people is between 66 and 67, if you're taking social security before that, if you're earning more than $18,000 in income for every $2 over that amount, you're going to have your social security reduced by $1. So if you're earning Fifty or sixty thousand dollars, you might have just about all of your social security reduced um, for the income that you're making in the year that you reach your full retirement age. You can make up to forty five thousand dollars, and for every three dollars over that amount, your social security will be reduced by one dollar. And once you reach your full retirement age, for again, most it's somewhere between sixty six and sixty seven, you can earn as much income as you want and your benefit will not be reduced. 
Good deal. And you can always get in touch with, with Anthony because you, you do a lot with Social Security, right, and work with clients quite a bit on their benefits. Yeah, we certainly do. It, it plays a good importance on looking at your maximizing your income as to look at the different timing strategies for Social Security. For a married couple, there's over 500 different Social Security timing strategies out there. Jeez. So it doesn't have to be that complicated, but there's definitely a lot of different ways to do it for sure. Yeah, well, Cardinal Wealth Group can definitely help you with that, uh, Trevor. So if you if you want to reach out and get in touch, you can do so cardinalwg.com or over the phone, 609-605-2808. Their office there in Cherry Hill, but Anthony's doing a lot of meetings virtually right now and can help you uh, do that. You can just set up a time online and they'll help you with that. So we'll close it out on that note. I know your, your core over at Cardinal Wealth is to educate, enlighten, and empower. And hopefully we've done that today as well, Anthony. But if anybody is curious about whether or not they're making mistakes, I'm sure you just encourage them, hey, just to set up a time and let's... Let's kind of talk about where you are and, and see how we can help you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm glad to help people point them in a better direction with or without us. And you can get all our contact information right on our website. Well, thanks for listening to All Things Retirement. Uh, we appreciate it. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And we'll be back again here soon. And I look forward to talking with you again, Anthony. Thanks, Ben. I hope you and the family are safe and you're enjoying your time with the little one. Yeah, same to you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.